0: This is JJ Outlaw
1: and T Outlaw
0: and you are listening to the Gourmet Goober you can find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw and you can also find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober and Big Daddy where can I find you? You
1: can find me on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells that's T Outlaw as in the movie Josie Wells (laughs) and you can find me on Twitter just at straight up and down T Outlaw
0: And if you haven't already figured out right now, this is the Gourmet Goober. Um, It's the podcast for those who likes their food seasoned and their tea piping hot. (laughs)
1: Is there anything that's cool?
0: Us? (laughs) duh.
1: Cooler than the other side of the pillow.
0: Ooh, that's cool. (laughs) We are cooler than
1: Freddie Jackson sitting on an ice cube drinking a milkshake. I think that was an outcast, or else I'm really old. Uh,
0: I, I want to say it is, but I'm not sure.
1: It is cooler than Frankie Beverly's uh, <laughs> Pink Socks during, edu- yeah, during Essence Fest.
0: So as Big Daddy is aging us more and more by his references, I want to say thank you for listening in. This is episode, what, four?
1: This is episode four, four <laughs> for the floor.
0: Yeah, it's episode four. So um, for those of you who are listening, um, we meant to drop a podcast last week. But as I put on social media, we both have day jobs and our day jobs ran our behinds ragged. So we started to record and then three hours later when we woke up, we we're just like, hmm, maybe sleep and rest is probably important this week.
1: Yeah, thank you, Steve Harvey. You know, we missed out on some things, but damn it, we had to sleep, so.
0: I don't know how Steve Harvey does it without sleep, because I tried it this past week, and I'm telling you, it is not possible for these old bones, let me tell you. So, thank you for all of the great feedback we got. Um, We got some really great support. You know what we got this week? Oh, goodness. And you know what? I forgot. I should have written it down. We will read it next week. But we got our first five-star review on iTunes. Really? Applause. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, really? <laughs> I got five bones. on it. <laughs> so next week, um, we'll be starting reading our review, including our lonely five-star review. Um, which, by the way, if you guys are listening, because now we're like everywhere. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. Um, actually, I just got an email. We are now on TuneIn. Holla at your girl. She's on TuneIn Radio.
1: She's going big time
0: now. <laughs> So if you wanted to know how to support the Gourmet Goober, um, that's one of the great ways is, you know, leave a review if you like our stuff. Um, we um, are big fans of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I think I mentioned that before. One of the great things they've done is that they've instituted a rule that um, anytime they get a five star review, they will read it on the air as long as it's nice. So
1: that's helpful.
0: That's, that's really helpful. So if you say, you know, five stars and this is the best podcast you ever heard, you know, yeah, we'll read that. If yeah. you say it's five stars and I really think it's weird how JJ outlaw sounds like a Midwestern Valley girl, you know what? I own that. I may read that. If you would do a five star review and insult my love of ranch dressing, nah, you are not getting read. I'm I'm just saying. So say something nice with your five star review, and Big Daddy and I will go ahead and credit it and read it on the air. So
1: yeah, and you know we're we're willing to take you know, criticism <laughs> and you know four star reviews okay, three star reviews great. If you're down to two, then. Well, I'm going to have to go all Liam Neeson and say, listen, I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> exactly. And if for some reason you give me this one, two, zero negative review, then wow. I will find you.
0: Okay, we're not going to say that. But I am going to say that we five star people. So just saying that we're going to stick with reading the five star review. I think that's really good. <laughs> I
1: thought that was an 80 British pop group.
0: What, five star? Yeah. Was it really? Yes. What song did they put out?
1: All Fall Down. All... They were trying to be like the Jacksons, but.
0: I think you made of... that up.
1: No, they uh, they were the Pearson family.
0: Really? Yeah. How is it that you just know random stuff like that? <laughs> like sometimes are... I have to ask you, okay, what did we wear this last week or something? Like I have to ask you that. But then you know like really obscure things like five stars a group.
1: Yeah, and this is why I'm horrible (laughs) at Jeopardy, but great at random $25,000 pyramid type things.
0: Okay. (laughs) Hey,
1: I get around, but anyway, yes, five stars.
0: Yes. Other ways that you can support um, the podcast, just so you know, um, you can also sign up for our newsletter through our um, distributor, which is Plum Good Media. Um, which is Plumgood P-L-U-M-G-O-O-D-E Dot com The um, P,
1: the L, the U, the <laughs> M The G, the O, the O The D, the E Plumgood <laughs> I just made that
0: up <laughs> He did actually But um just so you know um, That is actually um, The new media company That Big Daddy and I are building um, Later to launch this year But you can sign up for um, updates um, just letting you know when new stuff are ready to drop. Also, you can email us at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. We have Gmail! Yo! So you can go ahead and send us a Gmail, drop us a line. Um, and then finally, um, I actually got an email about how to support the Gourmet Goober. How do you support them? And for right now, and these... Um, podcast notes, there's actually a link through our, um, friends at Anchor, um, who, um, you can click on it and support the Gourmet Over as well. So just lots of fabulous things and ways to get involved. So thank you for that. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for allowing us to actually get some rest last weekend. And now let's dive into our segment, which we always like to start our podcast talking about how our week went. So Big Daddy, how was your week?
1: How was my week? I have a week a week was for the most part fairly positive you know there are positive things within my week like you know seeing old friends and not so positive parts of the week where of course during commutes you come across people on the train that get all in their little feelings and then they get even more in their feelings when you remind them not to be in their feelings.
0: Ooh, what but happened?
1: I just, I just had to remind them that literally sometimes alcohol and motions and trains don't mix mm. and sometimes Tom tomfoolery is not accepted by the general population outside of their little corner or their seats.
0: Ooh, let me ask where they, and we're not gonna name the team, But we live in Chicagoland. There's two baseball teams. Were they baseball fans?
1: I would like to believe yes, they were baseball fans. They were definitely wearing a a color that I have on my ball cap right now. (laughs) A big red C. I support, you know, C blue. But at the same time, it would really help if some of the exterior fans of C blue would get out of their damn feelings and just calm down.
0: Okay let's let's talk about that because i'm so glad you mentioned that because that also impacted my commute for the week because um, i took the train in on friday and i was so glad to do that because driving to and from and dealing with chicago traffic every day that's man that's like an endurance test like no other let me tell you and you got to psych yourself up to get on the train or on on the road rather And then there's lots of construction where we live. So it's all one lane till we get to Chicago. And then I have to get on the Jane Byrne interchange to get to Humboldt Park. And usually that requires me to like say a small prayer because, you know, in morning rush hour, they don't, people aren't nice on the Jane Byrne interchange. They're like, look, are you going to merge? We give you two seconds.
1: No, they're not nice on the Jane Byrne, the Kennedy, the Dan Ryan.
0: No, hell, they're not
1: that nice on Lakeshore <laughs> Drive. Pretty no. much, oh my gosh, you just don't want to mill a middle finger up in the air and waving <laughs> them like you just don't care until someone loses their mind and bad things occur.
0: Right. So going into the city on trains, sometimes you'll incur sports fans. Yes. And let me just say, I love Chicago. I'm actually a huge sports fan. Um, shout out to Sports Ray with. Um, Dre Day, um, who's another podcaster that I had a chance to talk sports with this week. Um, Yeah, I I really love um, sports, and I'm a big fan of my particular baseball team.
1: (laughs) Which does not have a C on it, but has S to the O to that other
0: X. Okay, first of all, it is your fault that I'm not a fan of the big C team, and we'll talk about that in a minute. The only reason why we point those out is that taking the train from Northwest Indiana into the Chicagoland area, um, it's not uncommon to run with a certain type of fans going into the game, particularly if it's a night game or coming back from a day game, where let's just say they start the party early.
1: <laughs> yes, they can have their breakfast with a side of Molson Gold or a stray of Budweiser. <laughs>
0: Or, you know, they may go straight to MacDog 2020. I don't know. I'm not judging you.
1: Acceleration.
0: But it's sometimes very hard to, like, you know, you're already getting a commute. You're leaving in the train early. And then your seatmate has had a liquid breakfast and they're inebriated. And sometimes it makes for an uncomfortable commute. Um, Most of the time people are respectful. But occasionally people are just really super psyched to go and support their team and that leads to them being rowdy on the trains and yes it's ooh i've had that thought which you express many times with commu- my fellow commuters dealing with that so i totally feel that um and again no judgments cuz you know you go to a sporting event to have a good time but it always seems to be one fan base that sometimes we encounter that's rowdier than most and you know part of that Going back to what you said about me liking another sports team other than the one that you have adopted. Um, yes, it mm-hmm. is your fault.
1: <laughs> it ain't my fault. Did is... I do that? It okay. ain't my okay. fault.
0: All right. Let me just share with you guys why I say it's it's fault. So when we first moved to Chicago, I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. And we have like a minor league baseball team that we deeply love. The Indianapolis Indians, but they don't have the rabid fans you find in Chicago for their two pro sports teams. So when I moved here, because everything in Indiana is all about the basketball, there's literally two sports seasons in Indiana there's basketball season and there's non basketball season. And non basketball season includes like the Colts and, you know, the Indy 500. If, you know, the Pacers aren't playing in postseason, Like all of that gets lumped together. Yeah, we love our Colts, but really the Colts are the tie us over into Hoosier Hysteria, which is high school basketball. And then there's Oaken Boat, uh, the Oaken Bucket, which is college basketball. And then, of course, there's the Pacers. So everything is basketball. So when I moved to Chicago and Big Daddy asked me to marry him, he said, Look, you are going to have to get into this baseball life because, yes, we love our Bulls, but I'm never going to convert you to a Bulls fan, but you're going to pick a Chicago team. It's going to be bas- baseball. So he said, there's the White Sox and there's the Cubs. Okay. So the thing is you need to choose a side because everyone in Chicago chooses a side. So I'm going to take you to two games and whichever game you have the most fun in, mm-hmm. that is your team. Okay. That is his instruction. He gave me. So... The first game we went to was the Cubs. And keep in mind, this was before they renovated Wrigley Field. So... Here we go. Okay. Go
1: ahead.
0: <laughs> Wrigley Field is a beautiful place. I'm going to give it credit. It's a lovely place. There's a lot of history there. But, you know, at the time we went, there was stuff that were in badly need of a constru- little love. It was under
1: construction it still. It was
0: under construction still. So... There are like nets above our heads because stuff was falling from the ceiling because it was crumbling because they hadn't reinforced it yet. It was just kind of a weird time. And it seems like the game we went to, no one was interested in watching the game. They were talking to each other. They were texting their friends. They were taking selfies. It just seemed like you go, a certain fan base goes To that game because the Cubs are storied and everyone knows them at the time they hadn't yet won the World Series. So they were the lovable losers. So it just seems like everyone was there to be seen. So the second game we went to was we went to go see the White Sox. And it was just an amazing experience. Like people were into it. Um, the guys that were sitting next to us, they found out that this was my first White Sox game ever. They, like, high-fived me. They explained the game to me, which was really great because they would overheard me talking to Big Daddy. And they'll be like, oh, oh, let us explain what a can of corn is. They were great. But the part that really got me thinking that this is my people happened during the game where... I forget, who was, who was Coco Chris playing for at that time? Do you remember?
1: they were playing the cleveland indians
0: okay there's a there's a guy who played for the cleveland indians at the time his name was coco chris
1: Corvellus crisp
0: yes but everyone calls him coco so as a group the white Sox in my section they were jeering him so part of the group was like coco sucks coco sucks and the other part like to the left of us was saying who sucks coco sucks so They were going back and forth. And finally, this woman stood up in the middle of the crowd, and she's shouting to the guys to my right. And she's like, gentlemen, let's get it together. It's who sucks? Coco sucks. And then as one mighty unit, we all came together and we mocked Coco. And what did I learn from that experience? One, Coco sucks. Uh Hey, it's not me. It's the will of the people. Coco sucks. But more importantly, (laughs) what I learned was, these were my people! I'm just like, oh, y'all are just wonderfully subversive. I love you. (laughs) So afterwards, Big Daddy took me out to eat. He was expecting me to fall in love with the Cubs because he loved the Cubs. My mother-in-law loved the Cubs. My father-in-law loved the Cubs. They're a Cubs family. And I moved into the area to be closer to them. And I had the uncomfortable task of telling him that I have decided to like the White Sox. And let me also say what sealed my decision was that very same year the White Sox won the World Series. So who the hell are you going to pick, right? If you were me, are you going to pick the team that hadn't won anything in over 100 years? Or are you going to pick the White Sox? I'm a White Sox girl.
1: (laughs) I don't know where to go with this. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I tried to bring her to, you know, to the force, but and apparently she went to the dark side. <sighs> I can't convert her, so I'm not going to worry about it. So I'm I not have to do what uh, what I can just to keep her right, but that's okay. Anyway, I like to keep this moving.
0: <laughs> he is a little still sore. All these time later, than I'm a White Sox fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what? We have survived having misunderstanding when it comes to sports before. So, whether it's, I love the White Sox, and he loves the Cubs. I love the Pacers, and he loves the Bulls. I'm a Colts fan, and he likes the Titans. Somehow or another, we just make it work, you know?
1: We survive. I still keep
0: her. <laughs> he just puts up with me. That That's really sweet. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's how we hold on to each other.
0: So my week um, was insanely crazy. Um, I'm still doing a lot of training hours. So that's lead to 12 hour days, commuting to and from work, um, which is exhausting Um, in between writing grants and juggling other social media projects and things for, you know, where I am. um, I feel really really happy that it's memorial day weekend shout out by the way to all of you guys um especially those of you um who
1: we like to give uh love and thanks to those who gave them and their sacrifice
0: and service yes yeah
1: so that we can have we can sit here and eat hot dogs and drive <laughs> chevrolets and whatever because you know they gave their sacrifice so that we can sit here and do a podcast right But we like to remember them and remember those who also are still serving with us, who are still with us, and are keeping us out of harm's way.
0: Exactly. And it's a daughter of a former Marine. That's always important to me. So um, I'm actually very grateful for this being Memorial Day weekend because it gives me an opportunity to stop and take a break and actually spend time with Big Daddy. Because I feel like sometimes with our schedules, we don't see each other very often and yeah um the only thing that came out the last couple weeks well i guess it's been a couple weeks since we talked last um on the podcast was something that i discovered (laughs) that i shared with big daddy recently and that is what i like to call my grown ass bologna sandwich
1: Grown-ass bologna sandwich.
0: Sorry, a grown-ass fried bologna sandwich. I misspoke.
1: (laughs) Yeah, hold on now, because I admit, growing up, my daddy worked in the steel mills, and from time to time, you know, my mama would, you know, take him. uh, She would put in his lunch a nice uh, fried bologna sandwich, and I just grew up, you know, learning from that, and I love my fried bologna sandwiches, but, you know, As we all started getting older, I was like, maybe the fried bologna sandwich probably wasn't the biggest thing for me to hit on. But every once in a while, you kind of yearn for it.
0: And this has led to a discussion that I had with Big Daddy. Because the thing is, growing up as a child, I don't know what happened. I, I used to eat bologna all the time. And then I think around age four or five, I just decided, you know what? Nah, bologna's nasty, man. So I just, one day my dad made me a bologna sandwich. And I passed it back to him. I'm like, oh, nah, nah, homie. I don't eat bologna. And he kind of looked at me funny. He ate the bologna sandwich. and He wound up making me peanut butter and jelly. And I never touched bologna again. I just discovered the bologna is the most disgusting thing known to man.
1: Now, wait a minute. On a side note, has your daddy ever hit you up with like a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich?
0: You know what? Yes, he has. And I didn't like it because... You know what? As I gotten older, I realized that part of my taste preferences is around like texture. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't like the texture of like the toasted bread Mm -hmm. with like the peanut butter. So I've had fried uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before. And I just I couldn't get past the toasty texture of the bread. I know that sounds really weird, but. You know what? I, I just, I'm weird like that. It's just like why I can't eat a soft apple. I, I can't stand biting into a soft a- part of an apple. It just, it it wigs me out. It just gives me that feeling in the back of my spine, like, ew, this is not right. And I can't finish it. And it's the same with the toasted peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But I don't even know if it's that for bologna. I just, I can't even stand the smell of bologna. And so.
1: It's not acquired taste.
0: Yeah. So Big Daddy and I, we were talking, what was it, about a week ago about stuff that we um, liked, we hated as children and that we like as adults. And for me, that was all about vegetables for me. Like when I was a kid, I would not touch a vegetable unless it's smothered with cheese. And now like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and just tons of vegetables that I wouldn't even give a second glance to. I can't wait to eat. I, I just love that stuff.
1: Because you're special.
0: But when it comes to baloney, I just couldn't do it. And so ain't that special. <laughs> Big Daddy challenged me. He goes, you know what? I wonder if you like it now as an adult, as opposed to when you're a kid. So what I did was I did a research because I was just wondering is there a way to have like a fried bologna sandwich that isn't horribly disgusting? And I learned about this Italian bologna it's like an italian type bologna called mortadella yes and it let me tell you guys a fried mortadella and cheese sandwich will change your life i had one i loved it so much i made it for big daddy he loved it um i did I worked my way through the mortadella. In fact, I feel really bad because I think I ate most of it. So you didn't have a chance to eat more than a couple of sandwiches.
1: I turned the corner and all of a sudden, boom, gone. It was, it like, was straight, like
0: gone. <laughs>
1: straight, straight, <laughs> straight Thanos so through your sandwiches.
0: I, I, I did. It was just like Thanos and the snap and the sandwiches were gone. But seriously, if you want to try it, go to your deli. Um, it's called mortadella. In fact, it was funny because when I went to the deli, I found it in Meijer which is kind of like a local big box store where we live. Um, I saw the mortadella behind the counter and I asked for like a half a pound of it. And the guy, I guess not so many people order it. Mm -hmm. So he had to go way back in the back in order to get some. And I had to wait like 10, 15 minutes and he comes back and he goes, ma'am, I'm really sorry. Hardly anyone touches the mortadella. So he slices it up. It looks like baloney, but it has like, cardamom and other spices that's embedded in it it has a higher fat content than bologna too which i think makes a difference because what i did based on the recipe i saw and i think it's alton brown who ultimately recipe i use as a basis of the fried mortadella sandwich um you stack them up like three high and then you put them in a um um warm or like a Screaming hot pan, let the um, the mortadella, some of the fat in, embedded in the mortadella, render a bit, and then the edges become really, really crispy, and it forms like this delicious crust on it. And then I u- put it between two slices of bread, use a very, very hard, um, like a a hearty mustard. Okay. Um, cheese you can use whatever you want I use Gouda and the Gouda paired really well with it and then just go ahead um, put a little butter in the pan use a little bit of the fat from the mortadella that rendered in the pan go ahead and toast it like a a grilled cheese sandwich with that fried um, mortadella you know meat inside I'm telling y'all grown-ass bologna fried bologna sandwich it was great if I had if had that as a kid, I probably wouldn't have turned my nose at the bologna.
1: No, I admit, it was quite tasty. It was kind of like, in my opinion, it was kind of a seditious fried bologna sandwich. It definitely had a higher fat content, but from its base essence all the way through, what is added to it to make it a little more substantial especially i admit you know growing up my fried bologna sandwich was very basic but for the most part yeah after trying the moradilla sandwich the little i could it was quite <laughs> entertaining i would partake of it again it, it does come across as a little more grown up with a little more sub- substance
0: right oh so, yeah
1: it was i was i was down for it
0: and maybe it's the seasoning Um, because again, it, it does have a little bit more spice content than you would find in a basic bologna sandwich. And like I said, the fat that's in it, I mean, it, when it's warmed, I mean, it renders a little bit, so it helps, you know, solidify the crust on the, on the actual meat. Yeah, it, it's better than your basic bologna. So if you want to take a little something extra for your lunch, I would recommend hitting that up um yeah it's really really great no, so
1: i give them I, I give i give a lot of credence to you know the gourmet Gober here to <laughs> giving her the strength of you know being able to go through and research and find this mortadella it was quite tasty and yes i would partake of it again
0: so um
1: oh so anyway on the uh memorial day tip i i, I had something i had to throw in because oh
0: yeah of course
1: yeah my thing with like Memorial Day is what I used to do in the past is I would go out and I used to have this curriculum of, and it was a straight curriculum. I was putting in work, like actual grown man weekend work of standing behind one of those big open pit grills, trying to knock down ribs and chicken and pork steak. And of course, you know, the traditional little dogs and burgers, but also, yeah, I had... Like big quantities of meat like we're talking about like 15 20 pounds of meat like on just and this was like the simple course Like during a Memorial Day weekend and Jennifer and I were talking with her Father and uh, I was also talking with a couple of friends about the concept of I Like to smoke things straight up and down. I love smoking. I will try to smoke anything reasonably that I can get inside the smoker
0: and he's really good at it too
1: yeah i do my best with it i I put in work but that being said i like to smoke things and one of the things with smoking is that you know it's damn good when you don't even need to put barbecue sauce on it because the meat the smell from the smokiness the hickory the apple the cherry wood um and whatever wood you choose uh seafood include that it is very tasty. That being said, my little dissertation right now is about barbecue sauce and I admit I'm still actively seeking out someone who says, okay, I got the barbecue sauce for you. This is what you, you know what you need to hit up. This is your sauce, baby. That being said, I'm like, okay, I like I was telling her my thing growing up was that we all kind of grew up on a straight open pit. Um I'm there on call it basic, but
0: it's just one flavor of barbecue sauce. Hey, and, hey, yeah. there were different flavors of open pit. I didn't say we didn't deviate from the flavor, but usually it was open pit because it was the cheapest barbecue sauce, and I come from a big family which just, barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce.
1: Yeah, I get it. That's the thing. <laughs> what I was going to say was that, yes, yeah, I had open pit. It was very, you no know, substantial barbecue sauce. It did its job. My thing was my mother... Had this trick of she would take two good bottles of open pit, whether it be original or char grill or hickory or even another, another flavor, and she would put it in a big old pot and she would simmer it down. And then she would throw in, um, she would funk it up a little bit. She would add, uh, some chili powder, paprika, onion powder, garlic powder, a little bit of, um, Sorry, off the top of my head, she uh, would chop up a little extra onions and a very thin layer of celery, and then throw in a little vinegar and a little uh, couple secret spices, and you know simmer it down for a little bit, and then put in a little Worcestershire sauce, and then simmer it down a little more, and wow. after a while, you know, voila, we had our you know our house sauce.
0: I didn't know she did all of that.
1: Oh, my mom put in work. I was outside doing, <laughs> like, doing my job. She decided, you know, staying inside, and she hooked it up. Now, I admit, we had, you know, her sauce brought the boys to the yard, and the girls, and the kids, and a few other friends and neighbors. We don't even know who the hell they were. But at the same time, they all showed up on my mama's sauce, and I've never been able to recreate it. But at the same time, that doesn't keep me from experimenting. That being said, my thing is, what's your sauce? What do you have in your sauce, whether it be store-bought or something you hooked up that is your jam, the thing that you, like if you had to go to the cookout, what kind of sauce would you bring to the cookout that would bring everybody to to the flavor?
0: Okay, first of all, that's a hard question because I, mm -hmm. how can I put this? So growing up, my dad was a barbecuer and Sorry guys, I'm losing my voice. I'm actually feeling a little under the weather. So if you see, me, hear me. Take a moment
1: because we're at the moment. And I'm
0: having I, some tea, but
1: I'm also staying like over here because I, I don't need that in my mm-hmm. life at this moment. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> but um, that being said, um, when my dad did the barbecue, yeah, they they usually just took the open pit. Now they funked it up a bit. They didn't go to the levels that your mom did. <laughs> That's amazing. Usually it's like, yo, let's just mix up some open pit. Because on my dad's side, it's all about how well seasoned the food is. And then the barbecue sauce is just like the the piece de resistance, the last bit of it on top.
1: No, straight up and down, my mother <laughs> was the chemist. I was more, yeah, I was more the, you know, whether I did the dry rub, I basically was in the, Outside
0: in the lab, but my mother was inside, but go ahead. But that being said, wow, that's a good question. Because the thing is, there's so many great barbecue sauce, and I'm still wrestling with which kind of barbecue sauce I like the best, like Carolina or, you know, Kansas, which all has, like, their own different individual flavor. I can tell you the best barbecue sauce I ever had, though. And you know where that is. It was – oh gosh, I'm trying to remember – for when Big Daddy turned forty, we decided to go away for the holiday because his birthday falls on a holiday. I'm forty? Uh yeah. Oh damn <laughs> <You're> damn. <40. laughs> damn, damn, damn. I know, right? I'm getting old. <laughs> hey, you're more than forty to be honest, but I'm not saying it. Oh. But anyway, we went away to this place in Wisconsin um for the holiday lake geneva in lake geneva right do you remember Mm -hmm. the name of this resort
1: i cannot remember the name of the resort
0: okay it's this little spa resort we're going to look for the name and we're going to try to find it and put it in the show notes because the reason why this place was amazing other than the fact that it was during the holiday wisconsin it's cold during you know the christmas holiday season so they're just like dude come we will take good care of you and wait on your hand and foot and that's what they did they were amazing but one of the places, they have, like, multiple restaurants in this resort. And so we went to this restaurant that had, like, this barbecue. Um, what was it like, ribs or? No, it wasn't ribs. Yeah, it was ribs.
1: It was ribs, pulled pork.
0: Yeah, so it was ribs, pulled pork, you name it. So when we were there, we were hitting up this ribs, and it was the best barbecue sauce. It wasn't too sweet. It wasn't too tangy. It wasn't too spicy. It was just freaking right. And so we're just like, dude, tell us the secret of your barbecue sauce. We have a blog. We will write about it. Please share. And the lady laughed and said, I don't know what's in the barbecue sauce, but I know you can buy it in the gift shop. So before we left, (laughs) we bought like how many bottles? Three bottles? Four. We bought four bottles of this barbecue sauce, right?
1: Yeah. One was hidden in my, uh, my double bag for a good two, three months.
0: And so it was funny because when we made stuff, every time we made something with barbecue, we put the sauce on it until we got to the last bottle.
1: The last bottle.
0: And I remember that because it was one of those things where we were talking about like, okay, Jennifer, I know that this is really good, you know, Dr. Pepper ribs you made, but is it the barbecue sauce good? (laughs) <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that episode of Seinfeld where the today's sponge is like going out of business. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Elaine stocks up on the Today sponge. And so as she's meeting with future boyfriends and lovers, she would always ask the question, is this person sponge worthy? And it was sort of like that, where it was just like, now Thomas, I know you smoking amazing, but is it, barbecue sauce amazing because we only have one more bottle (laughs) and they didn't sell it online and we couldn't drive all the way back to Lake geneva for it so yeah that's probably the most amazing barbecue sauce i've ever had and every so often i crave it and i'm thinking of ways to go back there to hit it up yeah
1: but same time yeah if you guys would like to hit us up on the gourmet goober and or any of our twitter or instagram podcasts and give us and say, like, cause like I said, we're still actually looking for what's your sauce? What brings you to the yard?
0: That's a good question. Yeah, tweet us. Use hashtag the goob, um, T H A G W O B, and yeah, tell us your sauce. <laughs> so on that note, we're gonna take a quick break, and so we'll be right back. Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Loreno. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. Hi, I'm JJ Outlaw,
1: And I'm T Outlaw,
0: And welcome back to the Gourmet Goober. Back. <laughs> um, in the last segment, um we were talking a little bit about Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a time for cookouts and You know, ribs and barbecue and all that good stuff. Burgers and fries um, for our less adventurous friends. And so, speaking of adventurous, Big Daddy and I, this weekend, we actually created something that we were sort of inspired to do by a video that I saw that's been trending online. You might have seen it. It's called the um, Nutella Burger. And I got the idea from a restaurant that's in Brooklyn, New York um, that's called Action Burger, which... By the way, just as a side note, sounds like the blurtiest place on earth.
1: (laughs) The blurtiest place on earth.
0: You know, black nerd.
1: (laughs) Okay, so does this place have like an action Jackson burger?
0: You know, I'm not really sure.
1: I'm just saying, if Carl Weathers comes running through there, you know, I'm in it. But go ahead.
0: But it's a sci-fi comic book themed restaurant. All the rest, um, the burgers and the menus are built around either superheroes or supervillains. So again, you know, someone who's like an old comic book head like myself totally digs it. And one of the things I think I, if I remember correctly from the video that's on the supervillain menu is something that's called a Nutella burger. And dig this, okay? So the Nutella burger has two deep fried waffles. Deep fried waffles. C5 waffles as buns. Okay. It has bacon, it has onion, it has cheddar cheese, it has a well seasoned bun and the the top the burger it has nutella like a big old healthy glob of nutella topping the burger. Okay. So it sounded insane, right? And it's kind of like sweet and savory. And I thought it was crazy until Big Daddy told me about something that he had earlier this week that also had Nutella and meat on it, right?
1: Yes. Uh, what my One of my coworkers last week just got adventurous, an and he came in. He says, hey, dude, you want to try uh, something called pancake taco? And I was like, I'm sorry. I like pancakes. I like tacos, pancake taco. Okay, you quenched my uh, interest, so I uh, I partook of this pancake taco, which was uh, basically a banned um, pancake with a layer of Nutella, traditional. Um, has like you know as is base layer. Then there was crumbled uh ground beef. There were onions, tomatoes. Sorry, there were no tomatoes. I apologize. Uh onions, green peppers. And there was, I believe, uh, cheddar on it also. And it had like little sprinkles of something that made a little note sweet. And basically just handed it off to me and I uh I took a couple bites, and I admit the uh, sweet and savory combination was quite interesting, but also the texture was also a little crazy. But for the most part, I tried it, and I, I mean, I was okay with it. I mean, it's something I would try again, but when I do it on the regular, I don't know. But yeah, we uh we did the pancake taco, and now I'm like, my wife is bringing this concept to me of the Nutella burger. <laughs>
0: So I heard about the pancake taco, and I thought, hmm, maybe this Nutella burger, there's something to that. So we made our own this weekend, and we made a few changes, though. One is the deep-fried waffles. Tried as I might, I couldn't bring myself to um, make that this weekend. Although I will probably try it at some point with deep-fried waffles, because that just sounds absolutely freaking delish. Mm. Um, But you're the one who actually put the burger together. Describe how you did that. I, kinda,
1: I was basically just said, "Hey, go in the kitchen, make a Nutella burger." And I'm like, "I'm I'm I'm sorry, make a what?" <laughs> She's like, "I want you to make a Nutella burger." She just said, "Yeah, I heard you had this little pancake taco so us. I want you to knock down this and literally she just kind of like walks in the kitchen and is like, "Okay, this is what you what I want you to put on. It. I want you to slap down like I'm going to give you some brioche burgers." Brioche buns. <laughs> brioche buns, sorry. Um, then I want you to, like, you know, I'm going to hand you this Nutella. Then I'm going to hand you some hard <coughs> Ace cheddar. Oh,
0: excuse me. Sorry, Um.
1: Guys. Yeah, straight sharp cheddar. Then uh, originally we were supposed to have onions, but uh, apparently I forgot the onions. <laughs> but um, we did have bacon. Oh, yeah. Definitely got some low-sodium uh, bacon. Yes. And then uh, I said, uh, Oh, well, I was, like, fishing around the kitchen. It was almost like a uh, a suicide. I was, like, trying to throw in some, what I can find in the kitchen to toss into this thing?
0: You add some garlic.
1: Yeah, definitely got a little heavy-handed on the garlic, but it definitely made for an interesting labor.
0: But, yeah, the, the Nutella, I know everyone's listening, like, but what about the Nutella? Yeah, we totally hit the Nutella on the top. Well, you put it on the top and the bottom of the bun, right? Yes, I did. So you got a double dose of Nutella and I gotta say it was actually really good. In fact, the one thing we were talking about was we were kind of stingy with the Nutella. Maybe we should have added some more.
1: Yeah, we could have gone a little harder at the uh, at the layer of Nutella (laughs) because I was I admit I was conservative and I I went definitely uh, very sensitive with the Nutella and I really think I should have gone a little harder with it, but at the same time, I wanted to, you know, with the experiment, be hastened with it. And I def- I admit, like, with the burger, I got a little crazy and put. I had to do what that dude does and I had to put some smoke on it. I smoked it, at least a burger. The physical, like, you know, ground beef on it, but for the most part, then I say, okay, with the consistency of, the smoke and the aged cheddar. It was going to make for one flavor. And then with the Nutella and the Brioche bun, which actually kind of brought the sweet to the uh, package, mm-hmm. I thought that would bring another element uh, Then with the toppings, bring definite notes. But I definitely wanted to spice it up a little bit too on top. But I brought my, my show to the yard and saw what I could bring. And yeah, we can, we were able to compose a Nutella burger, and apparently it had decent results. What do you think?
0: No, I really liked it. Um, Like I said, in the end, it was kind of funny, because we were just kind of like, we're going to add a little bit of Nutella to it. And then after a while, we were biting into it, like, oh, dude, we should have totally hit this up with the Nutella, like the commercial,
1: mm-hmm. or like
0: the video. um, And actually... This morning, um, because we had a leftover burger, I actually hit it up with a lot more Nutella, and the sweet definitely just um balanced the savory really well. So it was good. It was really kind of crazy good. So if you guys are are thinking about it, <laughs>
1: definitely get some caramelized onions.
0: Yes, um, definitely get some caramelized onions. Definitely make it. Um, but yeah, it's totally worth it. So. You know, try adding a little Nutella to your burger experience, so to speak. You know, kind of, you know, the pairing of the sweet and salty um, will totally get your life. It's really, really good. So I recommend it.
1: Yeah, Uh, I admit I was trying at one point uh, in the recent past to do something a little crazy. And I put a little bit of peanut butter with my burger.
0: Oh, yeah, we were inspired by the Shake Shack peanut butter burger. And it was really good. Oh, my God. Love that, too, actually, right?
1: Yes. I mean, the thing is, between the Nutella and the peanut butter, the peanut butter note was almost like it accentuated the other flavors within the burger, but it wasn't nearly as sweet. Right. And it didn't bring, like, you know, that kind of nutty note. That the Nutella brought to the party. Right. So I do, I definitely admit trying. The peanut butter was cool. The Nutella definitely brought more of the sweet uh, elements to the party. And I highly recommend it.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, I know we were talking about something sweet and salty. So we're going to transition into salty. <laughs> As in the feeling of some. People who are feeling a certain way and being salty towards our boy, um, little Nas X. Um, I thought you
1: were going to talk about uh, Wendy Williams and her family, but Ooh, okay. No, no, we're no, not no. going to do that. we okay. save
0: that for another day. Speaking of you, Wendy, sorry about what's going on, man. But, but no, um, what I'm actually talking about is I, I think I shared in the first episode my love of Old Town Road. I just think that's a brilliant song. It's kind of like a really good mashup of like trap music and country music. Um, Billboard got all in their feelings and said, no, it's not country enough and took them off the country charts. And Lil Nas X, of course, as we all know, came back and hit them up with a remix featuring the one and only Billy Ray Cyrus. And damn it, if he didn't make me love Billy Ray, because those lyrics were flames. I really loved it.
1: I'm sorry, Billy Ray Cyrus. We're talking about like achy, breaky, like mullet Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. We're talking about like my roommate back in 90s, Billy Ray Cyrus.
0: We both know that we have been traumatized by achy, breaky heart because we went to college in the 90s. In Indiana. (laughs) That said, no, the Billy Ray Cyrus remix was really dope. The and, father
1: of of Miley Cyrus.
0: Yes, the, that Billy Ray.
1: <laughs> okay, you have to bear with me. I'm a new <coughs> to. I'm new to this party.
0: By the way, forgive me, guys, if I I'm I'm getting over like a sinus infection. So if you hear me cough, I'm trying to. Hopefully, I can edit all of that out. But if I don't, you know, independent media that sometimes happens. We gotta put out content no matter what. But yes, that Billy Ray Cyrus. Um. And so Wrangler, the jeans company, found out about Old, Old Town Road and their dedication to, you know, his lyrics about Wranglers on My Booty. And so very smartly, they are like, dude, we want some of that shine. So they got together with him and they put together um, a capsule um, design. So it has like T-shirts It has jeans, and it's all built around Old Town Road, which I think is brilliant, right? Okay. But then there are some country fans who are associated with Wranglers who are threatening to boycott the jeans because they're all in their feelings that they partnered with um, Lil Nas X, which I think is insane. I do, too. How can you boycott jeans? First of all, first, I, I I don't understand the whole process behind it. Well, okay. Let's be honest. We both know why they're in their feelings, but the fact that they are just being ridiculous with it.
1: Were they skinny jeans that they were to the boycott boycotting?
0: No, no, well, maybe, but <laughs> okay. But here's the thing: there are some fans who say that Wranglers are for. Like, there was one comment that's particular that said, Wranglers are for farmers and cowboys and not rappers. And another person accused it of being cowboy appropriation.
1: Cowboy appropriation.
0: Cowboy appropriation, y'all.
1: We're talking about, like, not not so much like the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking about, like, you know, the cowboy hat type fellows.
0: We're talking about that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. No. I don't get down like that. I'm sorry. I, I I can read a history book and then find out there's a truth behind that point. The original Cowboys
0: were black.
1: Yeah. And I mean some black of them
0: and Latino. Yeah, some camp? of them back Latinx. black and Latinx. Yeah.
1: At the same time, I don't get that. I'm like, oh, we're appropriating. Well, guess what you've been doing for the last hundred years?
0: First of all, I don't even understand how you can be mad about all of this. Um, and it's not just Lil Nas X. It's other artists who have gar- dared to put out music that is clearly country and they have issues with it. Yes. Um, so, for example, um, in the album Lemonade, I guess our dog Baraboo wants to <laughs> saunter in, but um, our Beyoncé's album Lemonade, there's a song called Daddy Issues that is very clearly a country song. And she very famously performed it at the CMT Awards with um, the Dixie Chicks. The Dixie Chicks. I mean, you can't get more country than the freaking Dixie Chicks. And people lost their damn mind. Gone on Twitter, complaining to the CMT Awards, saying it's not country. Why? Because it's Beyoncé? girlfriend is from houston texas have you ever been to houston there are plenty of black people wearing cowboy hats in houston okay yes there are plenty of black folks wearing cowboy hats in texas i i just not to mention the fact that the country music genre itself is actually a takeoff of of blues and rhythm and blues it's all tied together so how do we appropriate something that we help create?
1: I don't get that. I don't get it either. No, <laughs> let, let me go ask Little Richard.
0: Can, can we like steal it back?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Richard, do do we know? Yeah, he. Little Richard told me he's an innovator. He's a <laughs> he. He is the one who brought this to the party. He invented country music too, but no, I I don't get it, and I'm like, okay, one, let Nas, little Nas X, do his thing. If you got a problem with it, you know. Now, you know, his record will go wherever it needs to go. It's, it was on Billboard It before it, someone got in their feelings about that. And we're talking about jeans, pantaloons. people like Lily just putting their pants on. I don't get it.
0: I've, I've gone to the store and bought regular jeans before and no one's tackled me and said, yo, you're not a cowboy. Yeah. But seriously, they're jeans. Just get over it. Everyone wears them.
1: You are correct.
0: And you know what? The sad thing is, the more that they make us think about this, the bigger that little Nas X becomes. So, for example, you may have seen, it was dropped, I think, um, a little over a week ago, but he actually had like a video um, that he put out. He called it a movie um, of Old Town Road. And not only did it have Billy Ray Cyrus, it had um, um, record producer and EMT star Diplo is Made an appearance. Um, even Chris Rock was in it, hilarious, and a cameo. Um, and it was like old school Chris Rock. We're talking bring the pain, Chris Rock.
1: Bringing Pookie, Chris Rock. Yes. Okay.
0: And it, and if you see the video, first of all, shout out the little X for just like winking to the audience and saying, "Look, I see what's going on, and I'm just having myself a ball." Because the video is very intentional in how it makes. A statement about what's going on. So at one point, the video he pulls up to this place um, after he's robbed a bank or done something and he's carrying a bag of money, securing the bag, gotta love it. And as he's pulling up to this place, he's greeted by Billy Ray Cyrus. And Billy Ray says, Hey, we're gonna camp here, you're gonna be safe for the night. Lil Nas X is like, no. This place doesn't take too kindly to outsiders. And Billy Ray's like, oh yeah, you'll be safe. You're with me. And they both get shot at anyway. <laughs> mm. So you can't tell me that that wasn't kind of an intentional nod about how he's being treated by some country music fans. with what's clearly a genre crossing um, album. So kudos to Lil Nas X for still winning. Um, Putting that out, there's no way that he would have been able to do any of this without Billboard and fans, some crusty fans, making their feelings known. So, hey, kudos to him. Kudos to Wranglers for sticking by him. I've seen some of their responses on social media, and it's been brilliant. And, yeah, shout out to him for still winning. (laughs) Hmm.
1: Yeah, he hung in there.
0: So, speaking of music, outside of Little Nas X, the other big thing that's happened this week, at least in our world, and hopefully it's in yours as well, is Janet Jackson, the queen herself, has started her um, residency in Vegas. Vegas? Yes.
1: Oh, wait a minute, hold wait, on. wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. I told you about that. She has a residency <laughs> in Vegas. I think she's going to be there through August.
1: Wait man, hold up, wait a minute. Brother gotta make him a little trip. <laughs> but I gotta wait a minute, let me let me get my plane ticket going. <laughs> wait a minute, hotel. wait a minute. Where, where can I be the closest I can to Miss Jackson?
0: Hey, you hey, hey. You can't be playing in a plane ticket without me, okay?
1: I <laughs> don't even know about that.
0: Really? So you're just gonna y'all. Yeah, my my husband, when we met in college had a major crush on Miss Jackson. Major. Ooh,
1: wait a minute. There's no had, have. <laughs> Let's use our appropriate words here. <coughs> Sorry. No, but yes, Janet Jackson, <laughs> from what I read, girlfriend has a residency in Vegas. 53 year old Janet. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to drop her age, but girl looks absolutely fabulous.
0: Yeah, she recently had her birthday as well. 53 years old. And let me tell you, Big Daddy and I, um, what was it, last year when she was wrapping up her tour and she stopped in Indianapolis, we had a chance to go see her live. Yes. I'm telling you, she did not move like a 53-year-old. Girlfriend put all of us to shame. And it was... Just amazing! If you if you follow us on social media, you probably even seen some of us like looking at some of, um, you know, we posted some of the footage of us getting our whole old ass lives <laughs> at the concert, but it was so worth it. It was so good.
1: Yes, yes, it was. I definitely uh, it brought back a lot of memories and added to new memories.
0: And she played all her hits from like you know, control through new agenda to if, um, to some of her music, um, that she put out recently. And it was just amazing. And I hear that she's going to be doing the same thing in her residency. So shout out to Janet for doing that.
1: Yeah. One of the hardest working women in show business right now.
0: How long has she been in the game?
1: She's well, I mean, she's been singing, uh, when she was like a little girl with her brothers. And at the same time, you know, she basically found, well, when she wasn't hanging with the Burgess, (laughs) uh, she at a certain point found control. Then she found a new place, you know, that wasn't like in Wakanda. It was like a Rhythm Nation. (laughs) Up to Janet. Then she decided to show her little freakish side. And, you know, that was quite, quite exciting. Then, you know, Janet definitely had some maturity. And she matured some more. And then she took some time off and then Janet grew and grew and then she just brought it back to the basics and I I give her a lot of credit for hanging in there. Especially
0: after what happened with the Super Bowl, which we will not go into. But clearly Justin Timberlake is not our favorite person for that. To (laughs) sing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say that for one podcast in the future. (laughs) Where it's just gonna be me just going off But yes (laughs) We're gonna stick to baby girl Janet uh, Getting her life again Uh, What is your
0: favorite Janet album?
1: My favorite Janet album? Yeah That's like picking which best child you have (laughs) I love Janet Albums too So yes I I have so many I would probably say Janet There's a lot of me that would say uh, Control Cause you know I was a big fan of the Pleasure Principle and uh Whatever You Done for Me Lately, Nasty. There are just so many different oh God. Um Rhythm Nation lovely, you know, Belva Rope, Off the Chain. There are just so many Lovely Jan albums, but yeah. I couldn't quite pick one and don't ask me to do so.
0: <laughs> so it's like picking between your babies, right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: There are different formats, you know, there are different phases of Janet I love, but yes.
0: You know, I should be jealous of that, but I really
1: am not. All I got to do is say Prince and we can just shut this whole situation down. okay.
0: First of all, first of all, you cannot compare my love of Prince to your love of Janet.
1: I can compare my love of Michael Jackson to your love of Prince. (laughs) But at the same time, we won't do that. We're just going to give Janet her love and just say, hey, keep it going.
0: You know, I was thinking about that the other day about what's my favorite Janet album because I really love Rhythm Nation. I find myself going back to that all the time, um, listening to that, and especially now. What's so really freaky is how Rhythm Nation was put out decades ago. And mm-hmm. It's so applicable now to the stuff that we're going through as far as you know, marginalized communities and having a voice and taking a stand against white supremacy and bigotry and ignorance. And I'm just like, damn, Miss Janet, you're a prophet.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: But yeah, mm-hmm. Rhythm Nation is like a favorite. You know, I when Velvet Rope came out, I admit I didn't listen to all of it when it first came out. So I've recently rediscovered Velvet Rope. And it is a really smart album. I really love Velvet Rope. And then, of course, Janet. Um, I I just, every song on that album, seriously, I, I know it by heart. Um, I was grooving to Janet the other day, actually, and some of the songs that's on the album. So, yeah, it's kind of like picking your, if you're a parent and picking your favorite child, you can't. Just really, although I personally think that's a lie. I think every parent has their favorite child. They just don't want to say it publicly.
1: <laughs> I only have one sister. Now that being said, I like to believe I was the favorite child anyway, so
0: You were the baby.
1: <laughs> I was still the favorite one. Highly favorite.
0: Everyone thinks they're the favorite child, but I'm telling you, having grown up in a big family, that is not the case. Apparently Okay,
1: that's great. No. <laughs> Apparently you weren't the favorite child.
0: I was the oldest child. There's a difference. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, shout out to Janet. <laughs> I don't know how we got in this conversation, but shout out to Janet for that. Um, we're just really, really thrilled um, that she's got that. And, of course, this has just been, like, the cap off an incredible year. She got admitted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, she was recently honored um with the Global Icon Award. I mean, she deserves all her ducats. And so I just I'm just really thrilled for her. And you know, hopefully it we'll be able to go and hit up that concert. Um apparently from what I've heard as far as read reviews that it is classic Janet all the way. So yeah, congrats to Janet. Get your secure your bag, girl. We love you.
1: <laughs> also definitely a uh, shout out for keeping our brothers employed
0: oh yeah because it's a it jackie that works for her
1: uh randy i believe
0: yeah it's either randy or jackie i think you're, you're right i think it's randy yeah but girlfriend yes girl is just an icon and she deserves all of that so and wrapping up well the last thing we wanted to touch base on just very briefly and um actually it ended last week but tonight or not tonight but this weekend they're doing a retrospective of it um and that's of course the game of thrones
1: the game of thrones
0: after 11 years and multiple seasons it's wrapping up um they had their final um game of thrones finale um not this Sunday but last Sunday yes and know that that means nothing to you because you haven't watched Game of Thrones
1: no no basically Game of Thrones to me is this social media explosion that I have literally been sitting on the outside of because i have I have not watched more than oh a solid five minutes of the show during this entire run I don't i I'm being educated right now.
0: (laughs) Well, no. Um, Well, I'll be honest. I watch every episode of the season. It was a shortened season. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I haven't watched um, all the seasons of Game of Thrones. I maybe would pop in and out. Although I feel pretty confident that I know a lot of the story. Thanks to some really brilliant um, recaps that I have been listening to over the years. Um, My favorite, of course, are two. There's a recap um, that's done by a podcast. We've mentioned them before the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Okay. And the really great thing about them is they bring in different people. Um, in fact, they've had um, people like Jamel Hill, um, you know, the famed sports journalist, formerly ESPN.
1: Yes, yeah, she stands for them.
0: Um, and now I think she has her own podcast. I believe it's Jamel Hill is Unbothered. So shout out to her. Um, but they bring in different people like, um, in order to just review the Game of Thrones and they make it so palatable. So even if you've never watched another episode, it's kind of like you come away knowing the story in a way that is hilarious and relatable and you kind of look forward to it. And then the other one is a podcast. I think I've also mentioned them before too. Cook and Gooch, um, and mainly one of the hosts, Cook, usually, um, gets together with somebody, um, like a guest host or something, they go through the recap as well, so, um, if you ever want to get caught up, I would definitely recommend listening to them, and they kind of gave me, I think, the base knowledge I needed, because I didn't want to miss out on the season, it just, I knew it was the last one, and it was just like, you know, I, I, I don't want to call it FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, but I wanted to just check it out and see how the season um, compares to what I've heard and what I thought it would went into. Um, I know a lot of people from social media are a little disappointed though about how the season wrapped up, and I think part of the reason why I was speaking with a coworker who has read all the books and seen all the movie or seen all the episodes is this season felt a little different than most because, one, it was a shorter season. Okay. Um, but then the other thing that's so crazy about it is, I don't know if you know, but...
1: Game I know Th- nothing. <laughs> Literally, I am Brian Gumbel in this. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, Game
0: of Thrones is based on a, a group of books um, by George R.R. R. Martin. And the thing is, he's been writing the books and the seasons previously has been following the books... But he didn't finish the series. Okay. So at one point, I think it was last year, where they pretty much lapse where he was in the books. And so they're like, okay, dude, we're going to give you time to finish it because we need to wrap this up. It's been like 11 years. And of course, for whatever reason, he's just never finished the books. But from what I understand, he kind of gave him an outline. And he said, here, look, this is where we think it's going to go. You know, go with God. Do something with that. So without the benefit of having fully fleshed out stories, what we got was this season.
1: They were flying by the seat of their pants.
0: Pretty much. Okay. And it kind of showed because I was reading, I read one article that even the dialogue went down like 60% over what you've seen in previous seasons. Because again, you don't have all those deeply uh, fleshed out stories in the books in order to base um the moments
1: in the um show. Um, so it I don't get it. Basically all I'm getting is the only thing I need to know about Game of Thrones is like it's on HBO. Basically there's a whole lot of gore, a whole lot of, you know, knuck and buck and tossing <laughs> and turning and people were trying to claim one massive throne and I'm still looking for the brothers in this piece so Okay. Hey, I'm out.
0: Hey, hey, there were brothers in this piece. There
1: were okay. brothers in this piece.
0: Although it's it's kind of sad because the main one was Gray Worm and Gray Worm. Yes, that was his name. Hey. Like
1: Gray Skull. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Right. And Gray okay.
0: Worm was in love with a woman named Miss Sandy, and unfortunately, she did not make it to the end. It's for another, I'm sorry, I haven't seen this even yet. Miss, was... Miss Sandy does not make it. Okay. So so basically in a nutshell, to simplify things, Game of Thrones is basically about these three families, right? So there's the Lannisters, and the Lannister is Cersei, her brother, um Jamie, who's her twin brother, and then Peter Dinklich, who is um
1: She said Dinklage.
0: I think that's his name. is it Dinklage or Drinklage.
1: I think it's Dinklage. It just—I'm sorry. You just say Dinklage, and I, I start giggling like a little girl. I get it.
0: Anyway, I can't help the man's name. That's his name. Okay. So Peter Dinklage plays Tyrion, which is their um her other brother. So basically, the Lannisters rule this this kingdom, and they're all fighting for the seven, um, the Iron Throne—the rule over the seven kingdoms.
1: The seven realms of hell. I get it.
0: Um, no one likes seriously Circe is kind of like Suge Knight up in this piece.
1: <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Suge Knight? Yes. Wait a minute. So we're going to take this back to like, you know, NWA-ish stuff. We're going to take this back to... Alright, alright, alright.
0: Alright, you got right. to all right,
1: all right, you, you gotta bring to... Alright, you brought hood. Alright, now nah, now nah, I'm paying attention. Alright. Now nah, I'm in this.
0: Okay. So think of seriously. Seriously. Circe is like the Suge Knight of the, of the Seven Kingdoms, right?
1: Can't wait for this, yes. So,
0: she runs everything, but no one likes her. And she runs with an iron fist. She has some kids that unfortunately did not make it.
1: <laughs> Is she wearing red?
0: Actually, I'm sure she's worn red at some point.
1: Is she got, like, red bottoms or something? Okay, I got you. Okay, gotcha. she's
0: not really like Suge Knight. I mean, you're not going to see her smoking a cigar or anything. I'm just saying in terms of,
1: wait a minute, you, know, you stuff tell?
0: and being hated. She's like Suge Knight, but... She also, like, hooks up with her brother?
1: Oh, lord. They are royal.
0: So, if Knight got with his sister... Okay, this is... Okay,
1: yeah, you're taking a left, right, up, down, uh, yeah. Anyway, Keep it going.
0: So, the Lannisters run basically one hood. Okay. Now, there's another hood that's Winterfell, right?
1: Is this like the Cripside?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, kinda. Okay. So, Winterfell... Is run by the Starks, right? And so, there's Sansa, there's her younger sister Arya, there's her brother Bran. Um,
1: Bran, like Flakes?
0: Yeah, Bran. Okay. Like, I didn't name these people, okay? Next
1: thing you know, you're going to be whipping out, like, you know, cookie crisp, you know, of the, <laughs> of the what was the name of this family? <laughs> the Starks. Wait a minute, now you got, like, next thing you know, you're going to be whipping out some dude named John Starks.
0: Actually, his name is John Stark.
1: Wait a minute, there's a John Stark.
0: Yeah, not like the basketball John player John Starks, who we will not name because he sucks. Okay. But, okay. And I'm not saying he really sucks people who are listening in New York. It's just, I'm a Pacer fan for life and I have issues with John Starks. But anyway. Got it. So, we got Bran, and Bran is like this psychic kid, and he became psychic because... He caught Cersei getting it on with her brother, and Cersei's brother threw him out of a tower.
1: Like, Bold and the Beautiful tossed him out of yeah. the tower. Okay, got
0: it. Like, mm-hmm. the Bold and the Beautiful, like, the Young Russell's just... Just heaving to, folks. Just heaving him out of a damn tower. Yeah. And so...
1: <laughs> now i
0: So, as a result, he's apparently psychic, and he has this psychic connection to someone that's called the Night King, who for all intents and purposes is basically a zombie.
1: Wait a minute, are these the black people in this?
0: No, there are no black people. Well, no.
1: Wait a minute, there are no black people?
0: Actually, there are no black people in the Winterfell. And the reason why we know this is that the third family that makes up this piece is called the Targanians, right? So, it's like Daenerys and her brother and her dad, and they were killed by Cersei. And but before they were killed by Cersei, Daenerys was married off to some dude named Khal Joko. <laughs> and and Khal Joko yeah. is Jason Momoa. So basically, you just uh, watch it for Jason
1: Momoa. Uh-huh. Sure. Now we have found Jay's little uh, space.
0: Yo, okay, I'm, uh, now I'm just I see why she, to you.
1: Wait a minute, now we see why she's watching. All right, we got and Aquaman he, is up in this piece.
0: So Aquaman is up in this piece, acting all savage with Daenerys. Mm-hmm. She falls in love with him. Um, she's pregnant. He gets hurt in battle. And so when he gets hurt in battle, she asks this old witch, yo, help him out. And... I guess she's all in her feelings because the jo- Dothraki, who he's the king over, kind of killed her people. Dothraki. So, the Dothraki. So, Mizraki. Um, so she um, cursed curse Drogo, killed um, Khaleesi, that's Daenerys title's kid, and so she's left alone. Where the black people come into the play <laughs> is that after she becomes queen of the Dothraki, she decides that she's just really pissed at the Suge Knight of this piece, Cersei, mm-hmm. And so she's going to mass herself like a huge-ass army and go take them out and take the Iron Throne for herself. So she comes across this group of people that's called the Unsullied. And the reason why they're doing that is these people, from the time that they're very young, they're castrated.
1: And mm-hmm. they're taught mm-hmm. to fight. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm holding things here. Hold on. They, they, they're castrated like eunuchs? Yes. Like the, G-eunuchs? Yes. Okay, damn. Oh, that's rough.
0: So, Grey Worm is one of these um, unsullied. And they used to be slaves, and she freed them. Oh, and Lord. so now they're they dedicated know. to her.
1: Lord, and slaves. the reason
0: why I know that where the Starks live, there are no black people, is because when they marched into... Because eventually... Okay,
1: let me take a step back. Wait a minute. I'm I'm, now I'm in this because I'm like, wait a minute. There, there needs to be a fifth family called the Antetokounmpo's. <laughs> you know, like the hookups. Like, <laughs> that's what we need. We need these brothers to come up in there and just start unchaining things. <laughs> but, sorry, I didn't want to, like, you know, deviate from this. Now sadly, I'm intrigued.
0: Sadly, he didn't come up with that idea. Okay. So, in a nutshell, what happens? Oh, and one more thing. So... There's, like, these three families who are, like, duking it out, right? And then, for some weird reason, John Stark um, is, like, the bastard kid of the Stark family.
1: The one who just runs in there and jumps on, like, no, dunks on people.
0: No, not that John Starks.
1: Okay, I get it. I got you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm playing. I'm just chilling. Okay, guys.
0: So, anyway, so he sent to this great wall to hold back this, like, frozen zombie called the Night King or something. Okay. And I say that because for some reason he has the power to wake the undead and they go fight for him. Alright? So the the zombie people, the Night King has a connection to Bran. Okay. So they're gonna go and take Bran's ass out and then take all of Winterfell with him. So John Stark is like all afraid of that. So he comes to Daenerys and he's like, look, Look, I will just offer you my kingdom. I will bend the knee. That's her thing. You know, basically pledge allegiance to you. If you will come and bring... Oh, one more thing. She has dragons.
1: She has dragons. She
0: has dragons. She has three dragons. Okay. All right. So, and it's hard to beat dragons. Although at some point, Circe looks for elephants. Which I don't understand what the hell the elephant was supposed to do towards the dragon anyway, but okay, sis, whatever. Remember? So, anyway, he comes to her and says, hey, why don't you bring your dragons up to West Winterfell and help defend us against these Night Kings? And she's like, okay, I'll do that, for then y'all need to come help me take out Searcy. And so that's what happened this whole season.
1: Are any of the dragons named Puff Daddy?
0: No, there are no dragons named Puff Daddy.
1: Okay. (laughs) I tried. Everything I need to know about Game of Thrones is basically this. Don't trust blonde people. You know, always be nice to you. What was it? How? Always know how to train your dragon.
0: Yeah.
1: And pretty much everyone wants to either kill everyone or screw everyone. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. I've gotten all. What was it? How many seasons? 11, 12,
0: 11 years. I think. I don't-
1: Eight seasons? Five seasons? Okay. Pretty much all I need to know about Game know. of Thrones is right there. You
0: there. Congratulations. Cool. You understand Game of Thrones
1: now. I feel so special. <laughs> Don't trust your people.
0: So now that I have totally screwed up my analysis of Game of Thrones. No,
1: I'm cool with it now. <laughs>
0: Let's take a quick break and then we'll wrap things up talking about the best thing we've had this season or best thing we have this week.
1: Okay.
0: Hi, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. And when I started my blog six years ago, I did so with the intention as I wanted to make sure that there would be a place at a table and food media for diverse voices so rather I'm telling the story of the most incredible milkshake that you'll ever find in your life in the middle of Gary, Indiana, or educating people on the benefit of hood snacks. I wanted to make sure that um, I provided a place that we can have those conversations, that we can uplift um, food and traditions and marginalized communities. And it's something that I hope to continue with my podcast But I'm here today to tell you about another thing that I'm building that I want you to be a part of, and that's Plum Good Media. Plum Good Media is intended to be a new independent source for books, for podcasts, for other forms of content, and it's going to be launching in 2019. And we'd like you to be part of our journey. All you need to do is go to PlumGood.com, that's P-L-U-M-G-O-O-D-E.com, and you can sign up for updates as we roll out new things, including the launch of the Gourmet Goober podcast. We will let you know on how you can contribute and even be a part of the conversation. So visit Plum Good right now. That's dot com. Sign up for updates. I promise I won't spam you. And be a part of building an independent media that ensures that everyone has a seat at the table. Thanks again. And thanks for listening to the Gourmet Goober. Now back to the show.
1: and we are back
0: yeah so um
1: pretty much everything i need to know about game of thrones i have definitely tried to read up on and basically even though i may have sounded like in the previous session that i have come off like that chance of rapper skit on snl (laughs) like you know like i'm a brother trying to learn about hockey again i at least feel like i at least picked up some a little bit from your uh (laughs) <laughs> dissertation upon the le- the eleven times of Game of Thrones.
0: You know what? I, I I I've tried. I I tried. So hopefully I didn't confuse people listening in my joyous attempt to kind of break it down to you. If nothing else, I'm I'm pretty sure Cersei as should Knight. That's that's all you need to know.
1: I'm down with it. <laughs> Give it to me. My-
0: so, we're going to wrap things up, talking as we always do in out our Podcast, about what's the best thing you had this week?
1: The best thing I had this week.
0: And you oh. were telling me about oh, this no, insane no. sandwich.
1: Okay, straight up and down. All right, first and foremost, all right, Some I got to give some love to Pasta Bowl in Chateau. They, they're really good. Got some good, good food in there, but straight up and down. All right, I, last week. Got this friend, who uh I guess it was kind of like towards the back, yeah, back end of last week. Have a friend who uh hooked me up with this place, right? It's called Philly Spines. I know it sounds like it's from Philadelphia.
0: Philly Spines.
1: Philly Spines. All right. Okay. It's generally like your straight up sandwich shop. You know, gives you a nice place where you can get some chili beef. Sorry, some Philly cheesesteaks. Um, and it's on Belmont. Um, at least that's what he told me. All right, so here's the thing. Get a an original cheesesteak. you can get it with uh mozzarella, American, Provolone, Swiss, uh, whatever, you know, but you, you definitely get a good blunt brand of Philly. You can get it with cheese whiz for all I care. Yes. All right, straight up now. That, that's you know, got Jim for the has
0: the real Southside cheese whiz, or Philly has the
1: cheese whiz. There you go. Whether you Geno's or Pat's, you know, you gotta get that good hookup on a cheesesteak. But yeah. Alright, so Philly Spinos makes a pretty decent cheesesteak. That being said, there's a hack on this. And this is how we hoodify this thing. <laughs> or at least my friend did. Alright, so here's what here's what he tells me. Alright. So gets an original uh Philly cheesesteak. Then, you know, like big boy, you grab it, and then his words to me are you take a little trip and you find the very first Popeyes, that's right. Popeyes? I'm, t- I'm talking about like you know, a little Louisiana Cajun looking no chicken place, right? Good Popeyes, and you get a breast or a wing or some, a uh, breast or a leg or something and you just chop up, you just grab the meat from, it, strip it however you can, and then you throw it in there, get the get the extra crispy. That's what he told me. Get the extra crispy, and then. You throw it in with the cheesesteak and you eat that bad boy. Make sure you got extra cheese on it, too.
0: That sounds so insane.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about How bananas, baby girl. I am like, seriously.
0: <laughs> this
1: thing was like nice and greasy and bananas. I'm like, I am like mowing this thing down. Like, because at first I was a little leery. Because I was like, wait a minute, eat, eat. why don't you just get a chicken Philly? He's like, no, 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 right. no. no. He's like, no, no. You need the, you know, the stripped up like, you know, thin cheese uh, ch- uh, steak, uh, you know, uh roast beef, and then you need to mix that in there with like the crispiness of the chicken. He knew when I was coming, I wanted the chicken, but he was <laughs> like, no, no. This is your act. You gonna be, you gonna eat this, and you gonna sob it down. And I gotta admit, when I got done, I was licking my fingers like it really was killing it I was I was like I was in my eyes were glazed open when I was so excited and when I got in, I was like damn that I had
0: insane. to go get
1: yeah I had to I was almost ready to go get me another one but you know my stomach said no nah, bro you, you you've done it for the day it was the best thing I had this week this month damn maybe even this year oh my god I was off the top
0: so again it's a Philly steak, mm-hmm. but it has to come from Philly's Finest yeah. And then you get this Philly cheesesteak. Hook it up the way you want. Provolone.
1: Cheddar, cheese Cheddar. whiz, yeah. Cheese
0: whiz. And let me just say as a side note I'm a purist. I left that South Sides Philly. So, yes, cheese whiz. So you get that. But then you don't eat it right away. You run and you drive around till you get to your first Popeyes. Yes. You buy chicken breasts.
1: Where it could be a breast, it could be a thigh, it could be, you no. Know, you just need the meat from that bad boy.
0: And it has to be extra crispy.
1: Extra crispy.
0: And then you rip that puppy up and you put it in the sandwich and you eat it. Yes. Wow.
1: I, I was uh, words yeah. about that. I was like, what? what, what? But yeah, yeah, I, I partook of this thing and I was like, oh, to the mind, to the guy. Oh, geez. I, I was amazed. I was wrong. I have. I caught feelings.
0: That is the most insane thing I have ever heard. That
1: was. Seriously. That was my. Hack. Yeah. I, I when I got done, I was talking like Denzel. I was like, "Dude, it was killing me." I didn't know what to think at that moment. I remember the Titans. I was losing it. <laughs> I was having moments. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself, but yeah, it was. It was quite quite impressive if
0: you guys could see my husband right now like literally he's like has his hand over his heart (laughs) because he's just caught feelings for the sandwich
1: (laughs) elizabeth it it was off the top oh baby i know yeah i'm not i'm not going there but yeah it was it was tight but tell me what did you have this week that had that could top that
0: Honestly, I don't think I could have anything that could top that. That sounds insane. But the best thing I had this week, actually, you hooked me up with. Uh, I did? Uh, Yeah, this Saturday. Oh, no, Friday. When I got off from work. um, And you knew that I had, like, a super hard, crazy week at work. um, With my training and the crazy hours I'm putting in and all the grants I'm writing and researching. So what... He did is he hooked me up with um, some Big Daddy's Barbecue. And if you don't know who Big Daddy is, um, Big Daddy is kind of like a legend in Chicagoland, especially in the South Side and Northwest Indiana.
1: Yes, um, I am.
0: He Not you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just go with what they call me, baby.
0: Big Daddy and Big yeah, Daddy, yeah, all, right, all right,
1: Big Daddy, yeah.
0: Okay, so... He's got some national attention before, too, because um, Steve Harvey used to host, and I don't know if he still does it or not, but it's what's called the Neighborhood Awards, commonly known as the hoodie. Mm. And so Big Daddy Barbecue originally won two hoodies um, being nominated out of all the barbecue joints throughout the United States. Eventually, he became friends with Harvey, so when Harvey used to shoot his show from um, Chicago, he actually would cook for Harvey and do some of his events, and he actually brought him on television. to introduce people to his barbecue, including this thing that it'll change your life. It's so good. It's called Turkey Tips. It's kind of like his own healthier take on rib tips. Yes. So delicious. Um, but yeah, he's kind of become well-known over the years. Um, he's been featured on other you know, Chicago and national based shows. Um When you order his dinner too, the way I love it, it's kind of like that South side side way of serving things up. So when you like, I think we, what did we get? We got like a rib tip dinner, like a small rib tip dinner. And then a small Turkey tip dinner.
1: And then Jennifer topped off with some Mac and cheese.
0: Ooh. Yeah. First of all, his mac and cheese is transformative yo he put his foot in the mac and cheese it is so so good it's not it's not the stuff that comes out the blue box clearly it's the kind that's baked and has that cheesy crust on it you guys know what i'm talking about yeah yes that's what he does um but yeah as far as the dinner it's like served south side style so you you get like the bread that's usually at the bottom and then you top it off with the rib tips or the turkey tips and then he tops it off with fries and then like i mentioned before during our hood snack episode then he puts either that mild sauce on top of everything so everything drizzles down from the fries to the turkey tips and the rib tips to the to the bread or that good barbecue sauce and it's so So good.
1: It is so nice.
0: I hadn't had Big Daddy's Barbecue in a while. And he's grown. So when we first started going there, he just had one place in Gary. And now I think, what, is it Hammond is the second store?
1: It's either Hammond East Chicago.
0: It's either Hammond or East Chicago. But yeah. um, Shout out to Big Daddy. I think his last name is Billford. But yeah, he is just a master. And if you ever get a chance, if you're in the Chicagoland area, um cross the border and make your way over there. I'm telling you, best barbecue that I've ever had, and I've had a lot of barbecue. So,
1: including my own.
0: <laughs> yes, including his own. So, that wraps up another episode of the Gourmet Goober. although now I now I need to get one of those sandwiches. You need to hook <laughs> your sister up. You can't just tell me about that sandwich and not share.
1: No, no, no. no nobody else need to know about that.
0: You just told everyone about that.
1: <laughs> no, Nobody else need to know that. As a matter of fact, just, I'm, I'm going to erase this entire thing. <laughs> nobody need to know that. let classified. classify it. I'm going to have to declassify this thing. <laughs> We're going to bring this to the top.
0: We'll have to have a conversation about that. But before you erase everything, where can they find you on social media?
1: They can find me on social media at T-Outlaw on Twitter. And on Instagram at T-Outlaw Josie Wells. You can also find me on Facebook, but um, no, nah, Don't worry about
0: it. No, no. I-, I wouldn't advise you or not. Yeah. You know what? i and I, I, I know I may have said this before, but I don't use Facebook as much anymore. I mean, I use it for work now. But I don't know. Facebook is kind of, you know, with all the things going on, that crazy video that they refuse to take down on Nancy Pelosi, I'm just like, I'm over it. So on social media, if you wanted to find me on Facebook, though, um, the Gourmet Goober blog does have a Facebook page. So it's Gourmet Goober blog. Um, you can find me personally on the Twitter machine, as my mother says. And it gives me great joy every time because she doesn't know Big Daddy says it too. But I'm on Twitter. at at JJ Outlaw. And, of course, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And, of course, if you wanted to, again, you know, join the Independent Media Revolution and support us as... We build out our distributor, Plum Good Media. You can always go to Plum Good, that's P-L-U-M-G-O-O-D-E dot com. Yes. And of course, you can always go to the Gourmet Goober um, blog itself. At, that's, at gourmet, that's thegourmetgoober.com. Yes. All right, great. Well, again, on behalf of Big Daddy and I, thank you for hanging out with us here at the Gourmet Goober. And until next time, peace.
1: And Karen, don't bring your potato salad (laughs) to the cookout. It's very bad.
0: Yes. Yes, Karen. Leave that out.